Lord, we come before you um, recognizing that we have nothing of ourselves. Um, we stand here, we worship here, we serve you um, primarily because of your son, Jesus Christ. And there's nothing that we have. We bring nothing to the table. We bring nothing um, to boast about. And God, we are so thankful that you have provided a way of salvation for us. And as we look into your word this morning, help us to evaluate our hearts. Help us to bring into a reality that what we are doing here on earth, is it for others or is it for you? And just please hammer that down inside of us and, and help us understand exactly what we are supposed to be doing. Lord, we are so grateful for your mercy, your continued mercy that allows us to live and breathe and play and just to be a part of family. And we thank you so much for uh, just your love towards us and, and loving us even when we still go astray, when we don't follow your word and when we don't obey your word. God, your love just is steadfast and it, it always shows us exactly um, who you are. Please help us as we look into your word and uh, speak to our hearts, open our eyes so that we can see what wonderful things that you have written down for us. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Matthew chapter number six, and we're going to begin reading here in a few verses. Matthew chapter six, verse number one, Jesus says this, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Verse number three, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. In verse number six, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. And pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head 
and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So Jesus here is telling us to beware of staged Christianity. Our Lord has moved his focus from the fulfillment of the law. Remember when he said, I'm not come to abolish the law, but come to fulfill the law. And he talks about many times, he says, you have heard, you have had it said, you have read. But he moves from that to now three main things that pretty much encompass all of Christianity. And that is giving, praying, and self-denial, or in other words, fasting. You'll notice here that Jesus does not quote any specific Old Testament law, but those three things are found in the Old Testament. We find them in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 26, and verse number 12. Let me read those to you. It says here, when you have finished praying, all the tithe... When you have finished paying all the tithe of your produce in the third year, which is the year of tithing, give it to the Levite, the sojourner, and the fatherless. So it's Deuteronomy 26, verse number 12. And the widow, so that they may eat within your towns and be filled. Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the sacred portion out of my house, and moreover, I have given it to the Levite, the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow, according to all your commandment that you have commanded me. I have not transgressed any of your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten of the tithe while I was in mourning, or removed any of it while I was unclean, or offered any of it to the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God. I have done according to all that you have commanded me. So here, our Lord does deal with these three things that are in the Old Testament. He deals with praying, he deals with giving, and he deals with self-denial or fasting. I have not eaten of anything while being in mourning. That's talking about self-denial. So what has happened here in the times of Jesus is the ceremonial laws or these laws that they kept had become now not a way to show the provision that God has done in their life, but now they had become nothing more than staged Christianity. And you can see that in the text is what Jesus goes through. He says, don't be like this, don't do this, don't do that. Now this is a very strong warning to anybody who teaches God's word such as an elder or pastor, okay, or anybody that is in a position of leadership leading people into, or leading people in a religious sense, okay? It's a strong warning because Jesus says, do not be like the hypocrites. What were the hypocrites doing? They were doing these certain things in a staged form of Christianity, and they were leading people in that way. Jesus is saying, don't be like that. They have perverted what I have set up. Don't follow them in that way. So it's a strong warning for someone like me to not be leading people in a perverted type of way of doing staged Christianity before somebody. So what had been a way to show God's mercy in giving has now become nothing more than staged production to receive the praise of men. What had been a way to show God's provision through prayer has now become nothing more than wordy prayers to impress a crowd. And what had been a way to express to God our faith in Him, our dependence upon Him through self-denial, has now become 
No other way but to be an actor, to pretend to be different in character, to be perceived by others as a person of great faith. You know, I find it interesting in the preceding verses that we looked about through all the things that the Lord talks about, about living by the word, about uh, abstaining from adultery, about repenting, about speaking truth, to stop killing, to love your enemies. All of that had to do with the inward man, the heart. But here, look what, our, what Jesus says here. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness before people in order to be seen. So obviously, he is talking about an outward showing of what we're doing. Giving, praying, and self-denial. But it still has to do with the heart. You know, my wife and I, we, uh, we were at a church for uh, about nine years, and it was a very legalistic type of church. There was, there was a lot of pressure put on things that you had to do outwardly to show that you were a follower of Jesus. You had to dress a certain way. You had to say things a certain way. Or you couldn't say things. Or you couldn't do this. You couldn't do that. And all of those were legalistic standards that were placed upon us in order to make a show of something that may have not been a reality in our heart. Well, Jesus doesn't want us to live that way. He wants us to live a life that is free from legalistic type of standards. And so he says, don't do these things to make a show, to make a production out of them. Notice what the words we find in our text. And Jesus here talks about our outward showing, but it's in a negative sense. In verse number one, he says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Verse 2, he says, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by others. In verse 5, he says, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Verse 7, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. And verse 16, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Now, our Lord doesn't necessarily say it's wrong to give, it's wrong to pray, and it's wrong to practice self-denial. But the problem is, is when we give, pray, and fast, but we are doing it to receive something from somebody else, or we're doing it as a stage production, that's when it becomes wrong. So how do we not fall into this trap of stage Christianity? And by the way, I have participated in staged Christianity. I have been guilty of that. I have lived my life several times doing things to receive the praise of men and not doing it from singleness of my heart to God. So how do we avoid that trap of stage Christianity? Well, let's take a look here at a few verses. Number one, let God be your audience. Let God be your audience. Now notice these verses, I kind of put them all together here, but you'll kind of see how they go together. Look what our Lord says here, Matthew 6, 1, verse 2, verse 5, 7, 16, and 18. He talks about practicing your righteousness before other people, to be seen by them. 
When you give to the needy, that they may be praised by others. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, that you may be seen by others, for they think that they will be heard for their many words, that their fasting may be seen by others, that your fasting may not be seen by others. So Jesus knew that these people were using their faith, their outward expression of their faith, as a stage, as a production, as something for people to be wowed at. You know, we could only imagine that Jesus' heart must have been grieved at this. To know that the very people that he came to save, the very people that he came to, to lead, and he sees this outward display of a production. And they really weren't serious about it in their heart. We must be so careful that even in a setting like this, that when we come to worship, we're not doing it to be seen by others. I would hope that you as a follower of Christ would never come to a house of worship just so people would see you and say, oh, I'm so glad that they're here today at church. They must be a good follower of Christ. I hope that's not in the thinking of your mind or in your heart. I would hope that you would never participate in any type of activity, in a church-type activity that we would do, just so you could, people would look at you and say, they must be a good follower of Christ. That is not the motive to have. It must be an inward, pure motive, singleness to God and Him alone in our hearts. So we gotta beware of stage Christianity. Let God be your audience. You see, we come together to worship God and keep him front and center. Why? Because it was him that was put to death. It was Jesus Christ who was beaten, mocked. It was him that was raised up before the world. And the world looks to him as the only savior of the world. And that's the person that we need to be putting on display, not ourselves. We edify one another because of the truth of his word that has power to change us and convict us and make us into the image of Jesus Christ. Nothing I say, please listen, nothing I say will make you a better follower of Jesus. Nothing. But his word will. So it's so important that we never put our focus or we put our attention on trying to make something grand, something, something of an illusion, when God has all the power to do it all by himself. So let God be your audience. Our Lord is trying to correct these ceremonial and traditional practices that have been perverted, nothing more than a performance. So notice the text here that Jesus is not condemning the practice of giving. He's not condemning the practice of praying, and he's not condemning the practice of self-denial. But here's the problem. Good works must sometimes be done before men. The problem with that is that when we do the good works and it's to be seen or to be praised, that's when the issue comes in that it's a problem. There's nothing wrong with giving to the needy. There's nothing wrong praying. There's nothing wrong of exercising self-denial. But when the motive is to be seen by others, that's when it's an issue. And this is, this is something I think that 
we all fall into the trap of is when we do good works, we can sometimes say that we don't want to be seen by others, but inwardly in our heart, we are craving and we are desiring self-approval from other people. That's wrong. Now, people may not see that, but if we have that desire in our heart, that's when it becomes wrong. So we got to remember that we got to keep God as our audience. He's the one that gives us approval. He's the one that looks at everything that we do. So it's important to understand that let God be your audience. When we do good deeds for the sake of display, all of their outside goodness is only a show. It has no depth and it has no reality in it. For every moral action that we do in life, it has two parts, the outward and the inward. Everything you do, everything you say has two parts to it, inward and outward. As human beings, we only see the outward. That's a given. You know, I can't, that's why I cannot judge somebody's Christianity of how much devotion they have to God necessarily based on the fact of if they're here or if they're participating in things. Now, I may see that and say, oh, they like to participate. They like to do this. But that should not be my gauge. And that should not be your gauge to see how much people may think of you as a follower of Christ. It's about the inward, the heart. That's what our Lord sees. Remember when uh, the Lord talked uh, to Samuel and he said to go anoint Saul, right? So here's Saul. He becomes king. And he tells him, he says, the people liked him because of his stature, everything that he could do. He was a good-looking guy. He was probably really, you know, robust and muscular. I mean, he probably was like GQ's most sexiest man alive. I don't know. But people looked to him because of what they saw on the outward. And what did our Lord tells us? He says, do not look on the outward. Man looks on the outward, but God looks upon the heart. And David was a man after God's own heart. So it's important to understand that we don't need to be putting on a display, putting on a production so that we might receive the praise or the adoration or the approval of others. There's only one person that you have to please, and that's God. So it's important to understand, let God be your audience. So then how are we to do things for the right motive? Well, here's a good test about that. So in giving, in prayer, and in self-denial, exercising fact, fasting, how are you to know if you're doing it for the right motive? Here's a couple things. Number one, when I give, do I give not to help the needy or to honor God, but to gain a reputation for generosity? If I'm giving in that sense to earn a reputation for being generous, then I have the wrong motive. Secondly, when I pray, do I give as much concern about my private prayer as I do my public prayer? In other words, does my public prayers match up with my private prayers? Do I give more attention to the bended knee and the bowed head in public as I do in private? 
if I care more about the public than I do the private, then there's a wrong motive there. I'm doing staged Christianity. When I fast and exercise self-denial, do I engage in practices of self-denial in public and letting everybody know, saying, oh, yes, I'm trying to not do that. I'm trying not to, I don't want to do that. But yet, in my private life, I still engage in those practices of not exercising self-denial. Then I have become guilty of being someone who is participating in staged Christianity. If I am doing any of these three things to be seen of men and not of God, then my worship is not worship at all. It is foolish, it is worldly, and it is selfish. This is what Jesus is warning us about. It's perfectly fine to do good works, but check those good works within your heart. If the motive is not right, then the work will not have any work about it whatsoever. It will have no effect. People may look at it and say, wow, what a guy. But it's not going to really have any reality to it. So it's important to understand, let God be your audience. Let's look at a second thing here. Look at the verse here, Matthew chapter 6, verses 2 and 5. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners. Then he says, continuing verses 7 and 16, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. So how can I avoid stage Christianity? Number two, put down your instrument, quit your choreography classes, throw out your script, and take off your mask. I could have broke that up into several more points, but I just figured I'd just keep it in two. So here's the idea, okay? Each one of these things that our Lord goes through, these are things that these people are using to depend upon so that they might receive praise from men. Notice what he talks about, sounding a trumpet, making a fanfare, standing in the streets, making oratory prayers, and even disfiguring our faces. So if you are a follower of Jesus, you have the spirit of God that lives inside of you. And it is that spirit of God that is capable of doing with our lives what we could never do. So why on earth would we try to rely upon human earthly means to make God into something great? Let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I want to read some verses to you. This is really, I think, interesting how this all plays in part here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 25. Paul is talking here about how powerful God is and how weak man really is. Look at verse number 25, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul writes, for the foolishness of God, in verse number 25, the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. 
For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And beginning also in chapter 2, and when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration, notice this, of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In each of these instances, our Lord here is trying to teach us not to rely on ourselves making a fanfare, saying long oratory words, disfiguring our faces. All of these things were things to rely upon ourselves to show to the world what a great Christian we were. He's trying to teach us a great principle here, and what is that? He wants us to know how to live our public life in faith. And is that not what the Christian life is about? Living by faith? We have to remember that everything in this world is going to pass away. So the blowing of the trumpet, the long oratory prayers, the disfeat, all of that's going to be gone. So we need to be living a life of faith in the inward man from the heart. He is trying to show us that it is the secret, hidden, private life in our heart is what God sees and that is what gives our giving, our praying, and our self-denial fuel for people to see God in all of it and not us. So notice these things that he talks about. He talks about giving. Back in the times of Jesus, they had a treasury, they had a box. And what people would do is they would have their coins uh, let me see, where's, yeah, let me borrow you, Jeffrey, come here, real quick. I need you to go over where the symbols are. I don't have a pipe here this morning, but the symbols will work. Grab one of your sticks there, and each one of these makes a different noise, right? Yeah. Okay, so hit on that one. Hit on that one. All right. Okay. So, how many coins should I have in my pocket, anybody? Three? Okay, three coins. So here I am. I'm a hypocrite, I'm a Pharisee, and I'm going over to the treasury box, and I'm walking down the way, going to go to the house of the Lord with my money, okay? And I'm coming over to the treasury box, and I'm going to cast in three coins, okay? So here I go. Wow, man, he's a good Christian, okay? So let's see, how many coins should I have now? Here comes another Pharisee. Two? 
Six. Okay, let's do six. All right, here we go. Whoa, man. All right. Wow. Praise the Lord. Okay. That's what was going on. They were making a fanfare about it. In fact, do you remember the, uh, the story that Jesus told about the, uh, the widow with the two mites, okay, which makes one farthing? So here she is. Here's all these people throwing in their money. Clang, 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 clang. Here comes the widow with two mites. And Jeffrey, I need you really, really quiet. Here it goes. Yeah, she doesn't love God. See the picture there? Thanks, Jeffrey. Sit down. So our Lord here is trying to teach us it's not in this giving, this fanfare, and that's what people were doing. They were making a fanfare about their giving to be seen of men. Then our Lord talks about praying. You know, our Lord gives us what to pray here in these verses, and there's nothing wrong with praying Those things, hallowed be thy name, kingdom come, thy will be done. There's nothing wrong with praying that. But what had happened here is the hypocrite and the Gentile that is mentioned here in this passage thought that God would be pleased by their lofty, verbosive, I don't even know if that's a word, words. They were making long, extended prayers, and they thought that they would be heard for their much praying. People would look to them, these hypocrites, these Pharisees, and they would look to them as, boy, they're a person of great faith. Look how hard that they're praying. And God says, this is nothing more than staged Christianity. Now remember, there's nothing wrong with praying in public, but that is not where the real work is done. The real work is done in the secret, private, hidden closet where nobody else can see you except God. That's where God is moved. And that's where Jesus wants us to be at. To be praying in the inward secret man. And he wants us to be in that way. So put down your trumpet. Quit your choreography classes. Throw out your script. Our Lord is trying to help us understand that our prayers move to what they were intended to do. And that is to meet God alone. To have communion with him one-on-one. Then he talks here about self-denial. This purpose of a fast or self-denial is to search out for a reason for temptations to sinning. It would be in a way of you recognizing that there's an issue going on in your life and you may not know why that's happening. And so you step away. It could be self-denial from food. could be self-denial from an activity. could be self-denial from a person. But it's stepping away from an activity or pleasure so that you can focus in on more what God wants you to know. And our Lord says there's nothing wrong with practicing self-denial. But he uses these words here. He says, one who disfigures their faces. They look gloomy. When I read that word gloomy, I think of, you remember um, the show Winnie the Pooh? Okay, I guess I can go. We used to have this kid in the youth group. And man, we went to, uh, it was uh, Kings Island. We took him over to a trip there for like a, end of the year activity. And I was like, come on, let's go. And this kid was like, 
I mean, you think, we're at King's Island, man. This is fun. <laughs> Our Lord here talks about people that are disfiguring their faces to purposely look gloomy. What's wrong with you? Oh, nothing. I'm just practicing self-denial. <laughs> Woe is me. My life is so miserable since I quit watching TV. So here Jesus is even talking about a hypocrite. Now, I got this really creepy mask here from downstairs. <laughs> now, if you bought this, this is no, I'm not saying that you bought a creepy mask, but this is kind of creepy looking. <laughs> the word hypocrite is the word, it's a Greek word. It's the word hypocris, okay? It's one who wears a mask. In the times of the, the early Greek uh, plays that they would do, the main character would wear a giant mask and he would pretend. Now the audience knew who the hypocrite was because he had on the mask and he was pretending or acting from underneath. Okay, so Alex, let me borrow you here real quick. You get to wear the creepy mask. Okay. Now here's Alex. He's going to be our hypocrite. Now a hypocrite was not a bad word, okay? It was one who was an actor, one who wore a mask. So here's the audience here. Now everybody knows that Alex is the hypocrite, okay? Because he's going to be wearing the mask. Now what kind of face would you say that this thing has? A sheep face? Well, would you say that sheep's happy, sad, hungry? Okay, so he's hungry. Now Alex is already kind of smiling, okay? Now, when we put on the mask here, Alex, you keep smiling now, okay? When we have the mask here, now, does Alex look happy or does he look hungry? <laughs> he looks hungry, right? But underneath the mask, he is pretending, okay, he is happy. And so he would act out underneath the mask. So our Lord here says, don't be like the hypocrites that wear a mask and pretend outwardly when something inside is really going on. Okay? Thanks, Alex. So our Lord says, don't be like the hypocrites. Take off your mask. In other versions, it reads this way. He talks about when you are fasting, do everything that you normally do. Comb your hair, brush your teeth. Just go about life. You don't have to pretend in a certain way. So we got to make sure that we're not doing it to be seen of others. You know, the danger of this is not intentionally doing this. I don't think any of us sit there and go about intentionally trying to give in a way to be seen by others. So we don't intentionally pray to be seen by others. So we don't intentionally wear a mask to be seen by others. The danger of that is that it's that inward desire inside that creeps up inside and it's desiring the praise of others. And that's why we always gotta check that in our hearts against what we are doing on the outward. So put down your instrument, quit your choreography classes, throw out your script, take off your mask. Thirdly, let's look at this one. Choose between applause or rewards. Matthew 6, 1, verses 2, 4, 5, 6, 16, and 18, to be seen by them, for you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. 
And then he says, to be praised by others, truly I say to you, and he says this three times, they have their reward. And three times he says, your father who sees in secret will reward you. You know, this is pretty, pretty basic. We all make a choice here to either receive the praise of men or the rewards from God. And that's really what it comes down to. Now, which one do you think has more eternal value? The praise of men or the rewards of God? The rewards of God, right? It's pretty basic. But here's the thing that we look at with that, okay? When we are receiving the praise of men, that's all you get. And sometimes when you are doing it to receive the praise of men, you may not even get that. Because guess what? People maybe sometimes say, oh, yeah, that was great. Or, yeah, and you're like, oh, yeah, I really, I really did good. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes people may not even say anything. And then you're kind of like, you ever heard those people that fish for compliments? You know? Hey? Our Lord is trying to help us to see that don't live your life just for the praise of men. But what is our reward that he talks about here? He says, our Father will reward you openly. Now, does that mean that if I pray in secret and I'm praying that, you know, God is going to give me these lavish blessings that are just going to fall down from heaven? Or does it mean if I give $100 that God's going to reward me openly with $1,000? doesn't say that. He says, our Father will reward you. But what is that reward? Remember, what is our Lord trying to teach us here? Is it about the external or the internal? The internal. He's dealing with the heart. He's dealing with the inward man. The man that nobody else sees except God. Write this word down. Character. Our Lord is trying to teach us character. Our Lord is trying to move us and shape us into the image of his son, Jesus. That's a reward that you can take to heaven with you. Now notice, we're going to look at these next few verses, because I believe this ties right into what we were just talking about. Look what he says here in Matthew chapter number 6. He continues here, and he says this in verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness! No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, for he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And then he says this, you cannot serve God and money, or some versions he says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Another dependence that we have besides money is self-approval from others. And our Lord is saying, do not live your life to try to receive everything here in this world where it's going to just fade away. Live your life 
for the future, live your life for heaven, live your life for eternal rewards that will not pass away. Character is the one thing that, you, that will pass because it affects the soul of who you are. Everything that we do here on earth for Christ, for God, is forming us and shaping us to live for the future kingdom. So it's so important that we don't live for the praise and the adoration here. We live for our Father. Everything we do comes from the heart, and we live for Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, we do thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of it. And God, I am just so guilty of making my life a stage production. God, I don't want to be fake. I don't want to be a phony. I don't want to be a, a, a charlatan. God, I want to I have faith in my heart. I want to have the truth, the reality of your word dwelling in me richly. God, please help my private life to match up with my public life. Help me to give more attention to my private than I do the public. Thank you, Father, just for loving me despite of the fact of who I am, a hypocrite, one who deceives, one who puts on a front, one who puts on a show. Lord, please rid us from this fake, staged Christianity. We thank you so much for your goodness and your love towards us. And we ask all this in Christ's name. Amen.